Welcome to All or Nothing in Real Estate, an exclusive real estate platform created to take your real estate career to the next level. My name is Matt Smith and I run the number 15 real estate team in the nation. For years, I've had mentors and colleagues pour into me and now it's my turn to give back. This is not your typical real estate podcast. I work in the trenches every single day and I'm offering you real advice, no bullshit, no fluff, no theories. These are proven processes that will take you to the next level no matter where you are in your business. My team was also featured as an Inc. 5000 fastest growing company in the nation and I'm also a real estate coach through Cheplak Select Coaching as just another way for me to give back. So I have just one question. Are you ready to give it your all or nothing? So I've got the one and only Don Boardwell here with me today. Whoop whoop. Good morning. Don has uh, been on the team for a long time and helped me with a lot of the training that we build out and different things for the agents and uh, is uh, one of the best salespeople I know. So I figured he'd be a good guy to help us, uh, help you guys learn some things about um, handling some objections. Um, I was actually filling up my water jug and was just thinking, what is an objection? And um, I used to make the mistake of thinking an objection means that somebody's arguing with me, so I have to argue back with them. Mm. Right, because they're telling you something you don't want to hear. They're, whatever their objection is, is, it, but it's it's your your job is not to argue with them and prove that you're right. Your job is to get them to calm down and see that you're actually trying to help them. Um, so um, we'll get into this a little little later. But an objection is not an argument, first and foremost. Um, number two is when somebody has an objection, you have to make them feel comfortable. That's the biggest trick is you have to make them feel comfortable. It's okay. Whether the objection is they're just looking, they're not ready to buy. Oh, this house isn't for, whatever their objection is. If it's on the phone, right? And they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm busy. Don't take it personal and be on their side and be able to help get past that objection. That's, to be a good real estate agent, in my opinion, you've gotta be good at handling objections. The better you are at handling objections, the more opportunities you're gonna to have to help people. A lot of people don't realize that they need help, right? So they, they'll give you objections because it's just ways for them to, I mean, I use this analogy with the team all the time, right, Don? You walk into a shoe store, if shoe stores still exist. Sure. Right? But you walk into a shoe store. What is the first thing the person at the counter says? Hey, can I help you? No, sir. I'm just looking. Oh, okay. Cool. Awesome. Well, if you need some, need some help, have any questions, just let me know. You walked into the shoe store to buy a pair of shoes. Why else are you there? You say you're just looking. So when you're calling a lead, they're on your website, they're always going to say, I'm just looking. That's the number one objection we get. Guess what? They're in your store. Help them. Help them look. How can you help them? They didn't come in your shoe store because they needed asparagus. <laughs> That's right. So that just because they say that if, if, if you guys take anything out of today, something that um, we try to continually train our agents on is being better at getting the opportunities earlier on. Anybody as a real estate agent can sell the low-hanging fruit stuff, right? Well, sure. It's, uh, it's the stuff that you can actually handle these objections, get past the conversation, and maybe build that relationship earlier in their buying cycle so that now you are the one that they go to and you build that relationship or educate them through the process. And it just, the snowball effect of that over your business, over your career is, is very massive. It is indeed. Okay, you have anything you need to recap before we start talking about what an objection actually is? I probably do since you're asking me. Okay. Um, so. That was kind of a leading question, wasn't it? Yeah. So the, uh, to recap, let me make my face where it's not, I got a weird screen here. Sorry guys. So to recap, <laughs> to recap. So last week we went over some prospecting stuff, right? We went over, um, what is prospecting? Why is it important? 
um, important concepts, speed to lead, um, how many times it takes to contact these people. Today we're going to go into a little bit more, um, we may hit a little more in depth on the actual script, but we're going to handle what I think is more important than the script is having a good conversation with the person and having a good conversation. If, it, if real estate was as easy as every lead that you called said, yeah, I want to go look at this house tomorrow, there'd be a lot more real estate agents, right? Oh, gosh, yeah. There's a lot more to it to be able to, to help them self-discover that they're ready and that they need your help um, throughout this process. And a lot of that comes with handling what we call objections. Um, so an objection could be what we're just looking. Oh, I, I don't, we don't have a down payment to buy right? Or, oh, our credit's not good enough. Oh, we already have a friend that's a realtor. Um, oh, we're just starting to look. Whatever, I can go on and on and on and on. There's tons and tons of objections. Our goal today is to help you get past those objections so you can have a better conversation with these people so that you can see, truly see if you can actually help them. So on, uh, on my personal notes for these trainings, I always try to write down like the one thing that I really want to share because it means a lot to me and I circle it and I have like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of those on this page. I'm super passionate. I love overcoming objections. So, um, and, and there's a reason for that. Um, I love to, I love to help people. Um, and a lot of times the best way you can help somebody is to educate them. So one of the things that, and I actually learned this from Matt Smith, um, in almost every case, almost every case, what an objection actually is, is not truly an argument. It is a lack of education. Um, it is somebody throwing up a defensive wall because they simply don't understand what they need to do next, what the next step is. Um, they don't know what they don't know. Uh, and, and as the, the qualified real estate professional, our job is to figure out what that is, um, what we can do to help them, and most of the time that means educating them about what the next step is. It may be educating them about what we can do for them to make their lives better. But in most cases, uh, if you're- Sometimes even if the education is, maybe it's not a good time for you. It, it certainly could be. And that, that's one thing that, you know, as real estate agents, we don't, we don't want to talk about the fact that sometimes uh, helping you buy a property or try to buy a property right now or sell one uh, isn't necessarily what we need to do right now. We don't ever want to talk about that because we feel that uh, that's a lose. But if our goal going in is to help people, there are times uh, when, ooh, gosh, the, nope, you know what? Today, this is probably not the best purchase for you. Um, and it's our job to get to the heart of the matter. Um, we're gonna talk about pain point. Um, once we get to the heart of the matter and understand where their objection comes from, gosh, their objection might be founded. Uh, but it's our job to find that out, right? 100%, because how many times do we get objections and so you hit on a little bit there, but so diving into the objection, in my opinion, is, is doing the right thing. So what I mean by that is how many times have we had an objection and by diving deeper into their objection, we were able to actually, actually help them find a solution versus if we wouldn't have handled that objection, there is no solution for them, you right? Bet. And so if you become better at this and better at having conversations with people and getting to the root of the problem, right? Or whatever. So. Another analogy I use is sales is very, very simple. People overcomplicate it. Sales is not about what you say. Sales is about what you ask. And another way is sales is just, sale. to be a sale, good salesperson, you have to be good at solving problems. That's it. You find the problem and you solve it. You made a sale. Ooh, find the problem. That's the biggie. How do you find the problem? There you go. You got to be able to ask good questions and dig into their objection or they're walking into a shoe store, but, oh, I'm just looking. 
what could you say if you were a shoe store clerk? And I walked into your shoe store and I said, I'm just looking. Awesome. Excellent. What in particular were you looking for? What brought you to our store today? How, how many of you have heard that walking into a shoe store? They don't say that. Mm-mm. They don't think like we do. If we don't, Don and I owned a shoe store, we'd sell a lot of shoes if we could get people there. Oh, gosh, yeah, you bet. Well, simply that. Well, you, the, your, your initial is always going to be, oh, I'm just looking, thanks. Um, but then if you ask me, awesome, well, what, what was it in particular that you were looking for? I'm going to tell you, oh, gosh, my, my workout shoes are just broken down because I'm so big and fat, and uh, the bridge is broken down in them, and I really need to replace those, and yep. that's what I'm looking for. Sweet, now I know what your pain point is. I know what your problem is. Now I know where to help you. Now you walk them over to the athletic part of the shoe store, ask them basketball, running, what kind of, you know, and now you can solve their problem because you know what their problem is by asking one more question. You can do the same thing in real estate, guys. It's so, so simple. You just have to be, you can't be scared to ask that question to get past that objection. That's the only way. So I talked a lot about mindset last week. I said I was done recapping, but I lied. So I talked, I talked about mindset last week and getting in the mindset that prospecting is your job and it, you have to get in the mindset of you're actually, you're not bothering these people, you are trying to help them. You have to be in that mindset when you're talking to these people. If you're not in that mindset, it's very easy to be very passive on the phone. What I mean by that is they say, oh, I'm just looking. Okay, great, let me know if you find anything you're looking for. Here's my number, if, you, if, I, if, you, if there's ever anything I can do to help you, feel free to call me. How many of those people actually call you back? None, because you provided zero value, zero. You have got to be able, if you truly, truly want to help people, you've got to be able to get past these objections to figure out what kind of shoes they're actually looking for, right? Absolutely. Because they're in your store. All right. So uh, in these trainings, everybody's always digging for that nugget, that that kernel that's going to be the great thing. You're going to write it down. You're going to circle it, put stars by it, and take it away from it and go, oh, my gosh. And so is there a secret sauce to this? Yes, absolutely there is. And free today for only $29.99. Uh, no, it's on sale for free today. We're going to give it to you, and here it is. So we, we said that understanding their pain point, their motivator, what brought them to click on that listing on Facebook, to click on your Zillow, to go to your, uh, uh, to your uh, Facebook page, whatever it was, however they got in front of you as a lead, whatever that is, that's their pain point, right? And so here is the number one way to find out what motivates somebody, what their pain point is. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Genuinely care. What? That's it? That's it. That's the whole thing. Genuinely care. And I even underlined it right there. (laughs) So if you genuinely care, if you come into the standpoint of, I want to add value to your life, I want to help you, and I want to understand what it is that motivates you, Uh, you're having a baby and you need another bedroom, Uh, kids have moved out and you need to downsize to control expenses, Um, the market is up and you want to capitalize and sell your house, Uh, moving into your area, um, and I want to get a good deal, I'm looking for an investment property and I want to create some rental income. Whatever that is, if I care about you and I'm on the phone, and believe me, that's going to come through, that's going to help you engage people, keep them on the phone, just come into it from the standpoint of I want to be your friend, I am, I am the real estate professional, I still got to be all that, but I care about you, and I'm going to genuinely care enough to dig in and find what your pain point is. 100%. And so to add to that, that's caring is one thing, right? We're, hopefully you guys are all good people and, and want to help people. That's why I got in this business is I wanted to help people. Um, and I've realized that the more that I help people, it helps myself and my family too. So it makes me want to help more people. So you have to be in it for the right reasons. But also, so let's let's go to the, 
Let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum here, Don. Let's go to the objection of somebody's upset, right? Let's Whoa. pretend that there's somebody giving you an objection and they're they're threatening to hang up hang up on you on the phone because you called them at a bad time of day. The very first thing that you have to do in that situation is, like I said, an objection is not an argument. You don't have to get mad at that person because you called them an inconvenient time, right? It is your responsibility. If you truly want to help those people, you've got to be able to get past that. How do you get past that? You, be a, you're, you become a good apologizer, right? Mm, over and over we say that. That's part of being a good salesperson. You've got to be good at apologizing. You have to truly, genuinely care, right? You have to actually mean what you are apologizing for. And so if you called them in an inconvenient time, did you do that on purpose? Well, no. Nobody, you didn't want to interrupt their day. You called them because you're trying to help them. But how many of you just get nervous when you get that grumpy person on the phone? You don't explain your situation and you just hang up on them because it was awkward and inconvenient. I'm telling you, we have a, I did a whole class with my team on how to turn the upset clients into your biggest asset. Because those people are going to be loud whether you help them or you don't. And if you can turn those people into your biggest fans, it will change your business because they will tell everybody because nobody gives them the time of day. So if you're able to take objections where somebody is upset and be able to, so there's different ways you can do this. I'm trying to find the actual ways to do it, but it, in, in real life. So if we have somebody that's upset, you need to be able to help them realize that you're on their side. So what do I mean by that? So if I call Don and he, he's grumpy on the phone, I need to tell him that I'm calling him because I'm trying to help him. I'm really trying to help. I'm sorry that I called you inconvenient time. I just really wanted to call. I noticed you were looking at 123 Main Street on our website. We actually have three showings on it already this afternoon. Is it something you're interested in? I'd hate for you to miss out. Yeah, that's a good one. And, and the first thing that he let off there was with was an apology. Um, you know, one of my favorite sayings is, <clears throat> it's hard to chew somebody's butt when they come to you with a problem and tell you right up front, hey, here, here's what I did and I'm sorry about it. Yep. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever taken a butt chewing from Matt Smith. I probably deserved one or two. But as soon as I know about it, I go to him and tell about it. And that whole thing of being a good apologizer. Hey, leave with value. Let them know you respect their time. Uh, oh, did I catch you at an inconvenient time? Brother, I am so sorry. I, I completely understand that. I respect your time real fast. I noticed you were interested in 123 Main Street. I know it's got some showings on it already. Uh, is, it, is it something that you're interested in enough that I need to get back with you this afternoon um, and try and close that loop? Yep. All right. So <clears throat> I kind of went to the extreme, um, but, but the, the main point is any objection can be handled by you asking the right questions, caring about that person, and digging deep into the conversation on how can you help them, right? Where people have objections because they don't realize. So if they say, I'm just looking, as an example. I don't know about you guys, but the leads we call, everybody's just looking. That's why they're on our website. They're just looking. That's how they became a lead. I get it. But how can we get them past the just looking to going to actually look at houses, right? That's the trick. So, Don, how do we get past that just looking objection? Well, so uh, so let's give them a tool here. This is something that, that I teach a whole bunch. Um, uh, you know, to, to engage somebody to get deeper off into that conversation, the first thing we got to do is keep them on the phone, right? So we want them to be comfortable. So in any kind of, uh, this is a good example, but in any of those objections, the first thing I try to do is I try to normalize. And what I mean by that is I want them to understand that they're not the only person that I've gotten on the phone that has said, oh, I, I, I'm just looking. They didn't want to lead in with what they were up to because they're just a little bit uncomfortable about it. And again, it probably springs from 
a lack of education. They don't really quite know what they're doing. Um, but it, it can be that, or it can be the, oh gosh, I'm, you know, with my credit, I'm just not sure I qualify for a loan. Or 100%, sorry to cut you yeah. off, but it's so important. You guys, you guys need to write this down. That, that is probably the gold nugget you're looking for from this. The number one key to handling objections is to normalize their objection. They say, oh, well, I think it's too early because I have bad credit or whatever. They're, they may be embarrassed in their situation. But if you can make, let them realize, look, I deal with this all day, every day. This is normal. You know, you're the third person I've talked to today that's had the same situation. And guess what? We were able to help two of those. Maybe we can help you too. If yeah. you do that and you can normalize that situation, their, their defense wall drops immediately because they realize, wait a minute, I'm not weird. And this person actually wants to help me. They've helped two other people just like me. Maybe they can help me too. They have a track record of it. You bet. And it, that does a couple of things. One, you're making them comfortable. But the other thing, and they don't realize this, you're beginning to set yourself up in this relationship as the real estate professional. Hey, I recognize what you said. Um, absolutely. I, I, people tell me that all the time. And, and I've helped lots of other people. Here's how I can help you. Um, that's a good one. So normalize, normalize, normalize. Make them comfortable. Make them understand that this is a process that everybody goes through. Sweet. 100%. Love that. Yeah. Uh, that was that was gold right there, guys. Normalize. Mm -hmm. So that was the second thing I was looking for earlier and couldn't find the words. Because um, you've got to be able to apologize, but you can also apologize or normalize are the two ways that you handle objections. That's your very first go-to. So their objection is something that is a... So if you're a listing agent right now, right? Listings are hard to get by. Well, I don't know if I'll be able to find a house, right? I, I just, I want to find my house first. You know what? That's, I'm, you are on top of things. Compliment them is another way, right? So there's three. So apologize, normalize, or compliment. You know what? That's a great question. Let me look into that for you. Do you know what that does when somebody's upset or somebody is giving you, trying, because people don't like salespeople, right? So if you can remove yourself from being a salesperson, and actually genuinely care and try to help people over the phone, it makes a world of difference because not everybody does that. People are trying to be fast talking salespeople and that stuff doesn't work anymore. You have to genuinely care and genuinely want to help people. So if you can um, compliment them, so you can say, you know what, you know what, Don, that was a great question. I actually had three people ask, ask that question earlier and here's the answer I found for them. Hopefully it helps you too. I combined two of them together, right? So it makes a big, big difference on how the conversation goes from there. Sure enough. Sorry, I got distracted for a minute. You said three things together there that I, I just, out of that, I just drafted a new training piece out of. It was an epiphany. Sweet. Okay. Who's Tiffany? Tiffany? We sold her a house last week. Oh, okay. No, an epiphany. Oh, gotcha. Um, gosh, yeah. Man, there's so much good stuff that you can share out with this. Um, okay, so I've gotten into the objection. So we've identified the objection. If necessary, I've apologized. I've become a good apologizer, and so we've kept them on the phone. Um, now I've gotten them comfortable because I've normalized. Yes, your, your concern is, uh, it's legitimate concern. Uh, you would be amazed, I love this line, you, you would probably be surprised how many times a week clients say that very same thing to me. You're in good company. Yep. That's, that's, that's gold right there. You're you, just a little chuckle. You know what? You're in great company. I hear that. You'd be surprised how many times people tell me that. And in that situation, here's what I recommend. Yeah, um, so you normalize it, and then you also have a solution that worked for these other people that are just like them. Now there's light at the end of the tunnel. Now their objection is in not their main priority anymore. They actually think there might be a resolution at the end, right? Which is huge. 
So it's, it's uh, if you can get past those objections, because anybody, again, going back to the beginning, anybody can sell a house. If somebody calls in and says, hey, I want to go look at 123 Main Street. Everybody on this call has a skill set to go out and show that property and write an offer, I hope, right? But where do you set yourself apart? You set yourself apart by being able to take the people that you get those people six months before when they came in as an online lead and you were able to build that rapport and build that relationship and provide value and educate them because you genuinely cared. You were able to handle these objections six months before they were low hanging fruit. That's how you fill that funnel to build a business that lasts forever because that person, how let's compare the two here. <clears throat> let's compare the low hanging fruit where they just called you and said, Hey, I found this house. I want to go see it versus the six months, relationship building, building rapport with this relationship. Now you made a friend, right? What is the long-term effect of those two clients? Which one is better for your business? The one you built a relationship with, they're your friends. They, you are going to own the conversation when you're not there. They're going to talk about you for a six month period about how much you're helping them and recommending you to friends. Then be, it's a way better experience for them, which helps your reputation and gets you a lot of positive word of mouth influence, which, is our number one source of business because we're able to handle these kinds of conversations. 100%. So let's, let's, uh, let's talk about just looking, right? We talked about that a lot. We didn't really talk about how we handle that. You bet. Okay. So let's talk about just looking. And, and honestly, that's the, that's the first line. I call it first line of defense. First line of defense you're going to run into, and you're going to run into it all the time, all the time. So uh, in that case, so... Um, uh, I'm going to call him and I'm going to say, uh, hey, Matt, it's Don Boardwell with the Matt Smith Real Estate Group. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? Awesome. Thanks so much. Hey, I don't want to take your whole day up, uh, so I've shown him some value. Um, I, I just noticed that you were online looking at the, our listing at 123 Main Street. I uh, just wondered, um, uh, is, that the, uh, is that the only area that you were uh, looking to buy a home in? Oh, yeah, I, I just saw a picture online and clicked a button. I'm just kind of looking. Awesome. Oh, sweet. Excellent. You know, and, and uh, my clients tell me that all the time. Everybody just starts out. If you're looking for a house, the first place to start is by looking, right? Um, so it, it, is that the only place you're looking in? That only only area? Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, so I've redirected back. So I came back to the same question. I asked it to him twice because I really need to know that. Um, so I, once I'm there, I'm going to have to go a couple of... Uh, let, let me interrupt real yeah. quick. So if you notice, he's asking closed-ended questions, not open-ended questions, where I can rule the conversation. He's still controlling the conversation. You bet. He's asking a direct question where he needs, the answer will help him keep going in the conversation. How many of you, how many salespeople in general just ask open-ended questions? They just don't work, right? So they ask a question similar to... Um, how can I help you? Yeah. How can I help? Oh, gosh. I don't, I don't now I've got to do your job for you. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got to be able to ask good questions. And so um, for those of you that don't have it, look it up. It's everywhere online. I'd be happy if you reach out to me, share, you, um, share a copy. But it's, uh, it's LP Mama um, is a script that we use. We've, we've kind of um, tweaked it a little bit. Everybody has their own version, but it's location, price, motivation, agent, mortgage, and appointment. Did I remember those? You did. Oh, How my God. That? I had to write them down earlier to make sure I could remember what all the letters meant. So the first one was location. He was asking, is that the only location? So Don is narrowing that down so he can help me on that location, right? Because if I'm looking at other locations, well then it, he doesn't assume in other words, right? He doesn't assume that I'm just looking at this house because if there's other houses and I say, oh, I'm not interested in this house, now the conversation's over. He can't provide more value. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
uh, and that's the, the, the easiest way, the best way to get past the I'm just looking is just to roll, uh, and you're going to hear this recurring theme, is just to roll right onto the script. Um, you don't, and that's the big thing with this, to overcome objections. You don't have to reinvent the world. You don't have to be a masterful communicator. You don't have to, be a, have to psychologically guide people. Really, you just need to ask questions. And if you don't know what else to ask, my gosh, you got to, hopefully, if you're prospecting, unless you have it fully internalized, um, you, you've got your script out there in front of you. And here's a whole list of questions that you can lead through. Wh which one feels the most comfortable right here? Should I, should I continue to ask them about location? Uh, I can ask them a price. Save. So I, I noticed that uh, 123 Main Street was priced at 149000 Is that a, a, the price point you're most comfortable buying in? Um, and, and there's another place I can open the conversation up. But all I'm going to do is just simply step around that one um, and, until they give me enough, some kind of information that tells me where I need to dig in to look for their, for their, pay, their pain point. 100%. So you mentioned pain point. There's another point. It starts with the same letter. We're looking for their pain or their pleasure, right? Mm, sure. So what if it's somebody that's looking for the dream home, right? So we just kind of opened and in, in, uh, dipping our toes in a luxury secondary home market like at the Ozarks. And so as an example, a lot of people moving there, they're not in a hurry. They don't have any pain. They don't need to sell. They don't need to buy. They have pleasure. They want to buy a house at the lake for the, them and their family. They want to have a condo so they can go spend summers at the lake, right? So you have to find... A, to be a good salesperson, you have to find their pain or their pleasure. I said you have to solve a problem. A problem can be a good problem, right? So what is their problem? Their problem is they want to spend they want to spend summers at the lake. They want to spend summers at the beach. Whatever it is that is going on in their situation, you cannot help them as a real estate agent if you don't know what you don't know. You've got to ask questions. So I always say you've got two ears and one mouth for a reason. The key to being a good salesperson is asking great questions. The fast-talking, slick salespeople don't work anymore. You put me in a room with them, I will outsell them 10 to 1. You know why? Because I'm going to ask questions. It's not about me. It's about them. How do you make that person feel? That's the trick. So there is a, before we get more into the script, um, there is a, we call it um, answer ask or acknowledge ask. That is the key to having a good conversation, in my opinion. If you noticed, the, the key there is you ask. You always end with a question so you keep the conversation going. From my experience, there are exceptions because you have those people that are very long-winded on the phone, but the, those, are, those are the exception, not the rule. In most cases, the more you get them talking, the better the conversation goes to the, for them. The goal isn't for you to have a good conversation. The goal is for them to have a good conversation, right? So if, they hand, if they're the ones asking questions or hammering you with objections and you're not following up with more questions to dig deeper, they're ruling the conversation, not you. So if you do answer, ask, acknowledge, ask, it helps you. Every time you're done, you need to acknowledge them, right? What do we say? Compliment. That's an acknowledgement. That you acknowledge them or you answer the question they asked you and then ask them another question. So I love that. So here's a, um, a technique that I, uh, I like to use that helps me uh, get down through the script and get personal and dig in at the same time, which is uh, an alternate. So what I'll do a lot of times is, so I'm gonna, my, my script, I'm gonna open up with that location question. So, there, so the location question was on script. 
Then I'm going to ask a personal question. So I, so my question was, uh, 123 Main Street in Waynesville, Missouri. So is Waynesville the only area that you're interested in buying in? And he said, oh, that's pretty much where we're looking, but we're just looking at this point. And I say, awesome. So I, um, awesome. Uh, Waynesville is a beautiful community. It's a great place to look for a home and it's a, a lot of value in homes too. So I asked him a question. He got an answer. I acknowledge it. Now I'm going to ask another one. I'm going to say, uh, so what, what brings you to be looking for a home in Waynesville? And he's going to tell me, I don't know what you're going to tell me. What are you going to tell me? Oh, moving to the area. Moving to the area? Awesome. Where are you coming from? Uh, coming from Texas. Oh, fantastic. Are you selling a home down there? You going to see what he did there? Mm. So Re Referral. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, actually, we already got it on the market. Oh, I already got it on the market. Do you have any offers on that house there yet? Not yet. Ooh, well, you, it must not have been on the market for very long. Yeah, it went on the market today. So Fantastic. Okay, so now I've gotten my personal question. Now I've learned a whole bunch about them. They're coming from Texas. They got a house on the market down there. Now I know a, a place to tie with them. How, how did he learn this stuff about me, though? By asking two or three power questions. They were straight to the point, and it got him the information he needed. So why is it important? It's important for now he knows that I probably need to sell the house before buying another one, right? He's probably going to ask another follow-up question to verify that but he also knows that I've bought a home before. So how many of you have wasted your time meeting with people that weren't pre-qualified, right? You go out to show a property because you're excited and you're, no offense if you're one of these, but I call them Pop-Tart Realtors. Oh my God, I got a showing. Yeah, I got a showing. You don't know anything, you're meeting with strangers. You're quitting dinner Friday night at seven o'clock with your family to go meet a stranger at a house that you don't know anything about because they asked you if they could go see it and you said yes, right? This will prevent that and help you build relationships and rapport and get to know more about these people. So now he knows they've already bought a home before. They know how the process works. They are moving to the area. They've already listed their home there. If they hadn't, he could help them with an agent, right? So there's so much value that he knows that this is actually probably a good prospect without asking if they've talked to a lender because he's asked these great questions. Does that make sense? Does that make sense to you? It did make perfect okay, sense good. to me. You bet. Uh, particularly about the Pop-Tarts. I didn't see any of these uh, faces nodding on the screen. Oh, so. I saw. Okay, yeah. yeah. I was just thinking, mmm, Pop-Tarts. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, so having done that, I, another thing that I always say in, in scripting training is all roads lead back to the script. So I've gotten off script a little bit. I've asked a personal question. Um, I've gotten past that first objective of I'm just looking, and I found out indeed they're not just looking, they're actively looking because they're fixing to be homeless. Um, so that I, you know, I'm going to go back to the script. The next, I don't have to reinvent the, the wheel. The next thing I'm going to go to, so that price, uh, that house was priced at 149,000. Uh, is that the price point that you're most uh, most comfortable buying in? Oh, I don't know what price point I'm looking at yet. No, oh, really? Okay, so um, uh, have you had a chance to visit um, uh, with a lender and uh, calculate payments and see what your, your purchasing power is in this market? Uh, no, I haven't yet. Okay, fantastic. All right, so what did I find out there? I learned a couple of really interesting things. Um, it's interesting that they have their house on the market and they're looking, but they haven't visited with a lender yet. So um, they potentially they have a pain point there that they don't even know. Clearly, that's an educational thing. I should probably throw you some objections since this is uh, objection handling. Huh? Well, there probably was, yeah. Um, that's a... <clears throat> Ask me the mortgage question again. I'll throw you an objection. Okay, sounds good. So have you had a chance to visit with a uh, uh, with a mortgage professional and calculate uh, some payments, figure out what your purchasing power is? No, I market? figured we'd find the house that we're interested first. Oh, awesome. Well, you know, and, and I'll tell you, honestly, uh, clients say that to me all the time. I'll tell you something that's really interesting that is in this market uh, as fast as houses go, what really helps my clients is to already be pre-qualified for a mortgage, have that payment that they're comfortable with figured out, 
so we know which house we're, um, uh, we're looking for. And when we're in a position to make an offer, we can act quickly. Huh, okay. Sweet. Sound like something you want to do? Let me send you a buyer's agency. Let's sign up right now. <laughs> Got it closed, right? Cool. So That's not how he really does it, by no, the way. No, no, indeed. It's not. But, um, but again, ask, answer, acknowledge, and ask again. Uh, that's going to lead you down through your conversation. Um, so as you're asking these questions, you're handling those objections. Those, another part of objections, objection handling, is education. There you go. So what do I mean by that? So I, <clears throat> Don was trying to educate me on why it's important for me to talk with the lender. I didn't want to talk to a lender as a buyer. You got, I'm sure you guys have all different markets and different things, but there's people that don't want to, right? Or there's people that have cash, there's whatever. But um, whatever it is, you've got, if you get the objection, he, you know what? A lot, he, he could have done a better job at saying, you know what? A lot of my clients haven't talked to a lender. That's no problem at all. But you know what? Good, for, good news for you. We've got several preferred lenders that we work with and a quick 10 minute phone call. We can get you hooked right up and let you know what you, what you can afford or what, what, what price range is best for you and your family. Whatever that cover that conversation goes and explain the benefit and then add the benefit of the market, right? Um, so it's all about education. When you get objections, you've got to make them feel comfortable, right? And then educate them on why, for example, the lender objection, why it's important for them to talk with the lender. It's best for them to do that. It's not, you don't want them to do that for you. You want them to do that for them, and here's why. Yep, so add value. So we're, we're gonna add value to them. They're not gonna see the value in it until we educate them on why we need them, why they need to um, get hooked up with a lender, get pre-qualified. Value unarticulated is value unappreciated. That sounds like a text message I got from somebody lately. Yep, if you can't explain your value, then they're not gonna understand it. They don't know what you're doing in the background, or they don't, they don't have the knowledge that we have, right? So it's our responsibility to educate, 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 educate. And so whatever value we are adding, they don't know why we want them to get to a lender. If we don't explain it to them, they could take it as we're being selfish and we just we don't want to work with people that aren't pre-approved. Well, we probably don't, but at the same time, it's very important that they get pre-approved for their own benefit, right? And here's their benefits. Most, how many salespeople spend time explaining why they want them to do it for them? No, I want you to get pre-approved for you and for your family, and here's why. It makes a big difference. Okay, so let's shift gears here a little bit. Who wants to put Matt Smith in the hot seat? Show uh -oh. of hands. Look, everybody raised their hand. That's <laughs> awesome. So it has been so long since Matt had to sell a house, he probably can't remember how to do this. So we're going to find out. So here, Maybe spill my water. <laughs> so um, here, here is, I, I say if nobody enjoys objections, I, I suppose, but my, so my favorite objection beyond, I'm just looking, and the one that you're going to run onto uh, a bunch, particularly if you're working a lead source that brings in a lot of first-time buyers, which I, I got to tell you is my second favorite thing in the real estate market is helping first-time buyers. Helping agents is my, first, is my absolute passion. I love that, but I love to work with first-time buyers. So here's the objection that you're going to come up with. We're going to throw this on the map. We're going to see how he handles it today. Um, so uh, here's my objection. Um, you know, uh, I was just kind of looking online. Uh, honestly, with my credit situation, I've only been on my job like a year. I, I, don't, I don't know that I can even qualify for a loan. Um, but I'm just wondering that, that 123 Main Street, do you think they would rent that? That's a great question. And, you know, I get that question a lot. A lot of people think they need a big down payment or their credit, credit may not qualify to buy in today's market. But I've got good news for you. There's a lot of our clients that have the exact same thought as you do. And the majority of them, after a quick 10-minute phone call with our lender, can get pre-approved with zero money down, 
at their current credit score can actually get into that home for way cheaper per month than they could rent it for. And then they can build equity for them and their family. Wow, that wasn't too bad. Gosh, we're being kind of rusty. Man, he knocked the rust right off there. All right, th and that's that's it. I couldn't do a better job of that myself. Um, he was trying to throw me for a loop because I have not actively talked to a buyer in years. <laughs> it hasn't been that long. Actually, it probably has yeah, been quite a probably. <laughs> On purpose. <laughs> yep. So, and that's one you're going to run across time after time. And really, that that's my favorite objection, um, or at least second favorite, because um, it, well, one, it's easy. Um, that's that if if you've played that out in a role play enough, um, it should be an easy objection to overcome. And two, that's one place that as an agent you can add value. You can help that client. And let me tell you, as a real estate agent helping buyers. There is nothing you can do in this business that will be more satisfying, more gratifying than going to that closing and taking the closing picture with brand new first time buyers that didn't think they could buy a house. Yep. Um, we had an agent on our team uh, did one, I think it was last year, uh, that uh, she stumbled onto um, uh, a potential client who actually was homeless, uh, literally was living in his car. Uh, didn't think he had any chance of getting qualified. She got him fixed up with a local lender who did get him pre-qualified. They made an offer on a house, got it enclosed, and he was moving from being homeless into moving into his own home. And boy, you talk about a win. Oh my goodness, how motivating is that? And do you think she added any value to that guy's life? Oh, life-changing. Life-changing, absolutely. rest of his life-changing. Um, and hers as well. And, you know, all that, so she, she did a great job and that's a great story, but let's, let's break that down. Let's unpack that. How did that person's life change? Because she handled objections, provided value and educated her client. You bet. That's it. Yeah. And, and she, uh, she did that by asking the questions, digging for the pain point, finding out uh, what, what motivated this guy. Um, and I, it just can't stress that enough is to, and she, and of course, we know her personally. She genuinely cares. Yep. Uh, when she was sharing that story, she uh, she can she can tell it to you today. She can't tell it with a dry eye, um, and you can tell that she genuinely cares. And I'll promise you, in that conversation, her genuine care for that client came through, and that's the number one reason she was able to help them. Hundred percent, Don. What do you say we open up the floor to some questions? See oh, I love that. Yep. Guys, if you want to chat in the box or. Uh, um, Unmute yourselves if you're if you can um, to uh, ask us some questions. We'd be happy to answer some uh, answer some live. See how we can help. You know, really doing this with two guys that haven't dealt with uh, uh, buyers in quite some time. <laughs> yeah. Side note: Don's my lead listing agent, has been for a year, oh, so he hasn't worked genius. with buyers in a while either. <laughs> I do miss it though. So we can do some sellers' objections. I guess we don't have any questions. I mean, because right now that that's what we're actively pursuing more. It's uh, I don't want to say it's easy to find buyers because there's still a process that goes in there, but we have more buyers than we do sellers right now. We certainly do. Yeah. So uh, let's do some seller objections if we don't have any questions here and help help them on uh, the seller side. So first and foremost, how is the seller side different from the buyer side, in your opinion? Oh, only, only by everything. Um, yes and no. It, it's uh, They are the same in that there is still typically a, a singular motivating factor that has brought them in front of me. There's a reason they're on my computer screen as a lead. Um, there's some pain point down in there that has motivated them to come up and click on uh, value my house or um, 
maybe this is a potential seller that you ran across as a buyer's lead because they were clicking on a house for sale that's in their neighborhood. Uh, and it's the same thing. We're gonna, the first thing we've got to do is, um, uh, the first thing they're gonna say is, oh, I, I was just looking at houses. I, I'm not in the market at all. Awesome, we're gonna acknowledge that and we're gonna normalize. You know, my, my clients typically uh, say that all the time. I, I hear that, I completely understand it. And then I'm gonna continue the conversation because I gotta dig in for the pain point. Um, the sellers today are very, very different than sellers uh, a year ago, 18 months ago. Um, yeah. The sellers 18 months ago are concerned with, oh my gosh, can I possibly sell my house for enough to get out of it? The sellers today are very, very concerned with how can I best capitalize on this market? How much money can I make? Um, but, Larry, did you have a question pop up? Yep. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll table that and we'll come back to okay. it. Okay. So William has a question. He said, for a FISBO, um, I'm assuming this is what the FISBO said when he tried to reach out. I had on the MLS for a few weeks. If realtors could sell it, they would have. Oh, man, I wish I could have that one. You got it. Take it. All right, so if I was on the phone with FISBO, I'd be like, you know what? They probably would have. If they would have had the power of our marketing, I guarantee you they would have sold it. And if you got it on the market for a few weeks in this market, I would have just ecstatic over the top with this guy. I agree with you. Why didn't they sell it? Doesn't make sense to me either. It's all about the marketing. What can you do for that seller? Their their agent either overpriced it, didn't market it properly, blah blah blah, whatever, right? So we we need them to come up with the solution on what did their agent not do properly for it to sell. It wasn't your fault it didn't sell, and the 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 thinking that just because it was on the MLS, it would have sold. No, they need educated. There's way more that goes into it. And so that's why our, where our team or my, me, myself, specialize, however, whatever situation you have, specializes in marketing. And so the MLS is like less than a 1% of the marketing we do for your property. So to be honest, I didn't even see your property come on the market, Mr. Seller. Ooh, oh, that's a good one. How, how, would, how would he react to that? What do you mean? Well, see, that's why we do this marketing here. If you and then you just keep going and going and add value, add value, add value, add value, right? And then you, once you add value, you, you go to meet with them in person, and hopefully you've got a presentation that can actually back up what you're saying. Okay. Well, so, William said that was awesome, so hopefully that was helpful, William. Thank you for the question. Great question. Fantastic. Yeah. Thanks for being interactive. Um, so let's build on that a little bit. I'm thinking about our our Fizbo script, and we do a lot of Fizbo training. Um, the, um, uh, the next thing you can do to extend that conversation a little bit to dig for that pain point is, uh, and I, I love this question, I I'm, I'm, was amazed the first hundred times I threw it out there was, uh, why do you think your house didn't sell? Yep. Because I'll promise you if they listed it and then pulled the listing, they've got an opinion. Yep, and, and they, they were probably upset with their agent. The yep. agent didn't, they, well, the agent never called me. Like, right, how many times you heard communication as an objection, right? Um, so whatever, whatever, if you ask that question, that's an open-ended question, but it gets them thinking and they're usually very opinionated at that point, right? And so if they're very opinionated, they've either had a, uh, they've probably had a bad experience with the previous agent. So let them vent through that, figure out what that is. And then what do you do? Woo. You found the problem. Now you solve it. You bet. What do you do so that doesn't happen to them again? And how else can you stack value on top of that?
And if you throw out a FISBO, if you throw out the question, um, uh, Mr. Homeowner, Mrs. Homeowner, why do you think your house didn't sell? And they give you an answer, and they're likely going to. You talk about set you up for a home run. Oh, my gosh. They're telling you everything they want. Absolutely. So they're going to tell you, they're going to talk about communication. They're going to talk about crappy pictures. They're going to talk about the fact I didn't see it on Facebook. They're going to talk about something. Now, not only do you know, I mean, they've given you the key to their house. This is how you're going to get in. Say, absolutely. You know what? So normalize. First, I'm going to normalize. Gosh, that's unfortunate. Be a good apologizer. I am on behalf of realtors everywhere. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Unfortunately, I, I hear this way too often. I hear this. I have this conversation with people in your exact situation way too often. And that is a big piece of what motivates me. In our case, we'll say that's a big piece of, uh, of why we do what we do. Um, in our case, almost always, I can t- take one of our core values of our team and say that's the reason that one of our core values is uh, and then throw out the core value that correlates with that. You know, um, so based on that, I'll tell you really what I would like to do is I would like to uh, schedule a time that's convenient for you, stop by, do a quick walkthrough, tell you a little bit about what we do um, and why we can do a better job for you. Let me just figure out um, maybe maybe the home was valued incorrectly, but probably it just wasn't marketed correctly. Um, how does Thursday at 2 o'clock sound for you? I have an opening. Yep. And then also you can add more value in. So we're working on this internally, and it's in it's in uh, Top Agent Experts Group in our network group about uh, the worry-free listing program. There's a lot of people in our network that do that. We're working on that internally to we implement parts of it, but we're going to actually make it a separate addendum um, and add more value. But that's when you can bring that up. Well, that's why we have our worry-free listing program. It's for people just like you. We don't want you to have to worry when you list. And here and what what value do you have in your worry-free list program? Right, you can cancel any time. That's why we do this marketing. That's why we do the ABC. And so that is there. That helps them become more comfortable, which is a very, very important part. Um, we've got another objection here um, from Jacob Scott. Jacob, I think I saw you in, uh, in uh, Dallas. Thanks for attending, buddy. Um, so he says, this is in quotes, I would like to find a home first before I sell my home. But can you show me XYZ Banana Street? <laughs> You've been listening to Tom Ferry, Banana Street. Mm. Um, but I think he, he's probably trademarked Banana Street by now. But anyway, um, so let me read it again. I would like to find a home first before I sell my home. So what is the first thing you should do? Normalize it. You know what? I talk to a lot of sellers that are like that these days. And I completely understand if I was in your shoes, I'd probably want to do the same. How is that for handling objection? Now, is that a, are, they, are they on their toes ready to argue with you? Or is, there, is their wall lowered so they can actually have a conversation? Yeah, I'm, that's the trick to handling objections. You, their wall is here, and an objection. That's why they gave you an objection. They don't trust you. You're just a salesperson. They don't need you. Once they find a house, then they'll call a real estate agent because that's when they need them. But if you can drop that wall to say, you know what? That's I hear that all the time. And to be honest, if I was you, I would probably I would want to do the same exact thing. Now you're a person. You're a human. You can have a conversation. And then you meet with them, right? Get in the door. What is it, 70, 77% or something of real estate agents meet with the first, or of clients work with the first real estate agent they meet in person. Indeed. And you guys know most real estate agents don't have all the tools and the training and stuff that we have in this network, right? They're not a part of these trainings. So you guys have way more that you can add to them than most agents, and still almost 80% of them get the business anyway. You bet. You gotta get face to face. 
Okay, so specifically to uh, to that objection, and that's a great one. That's another one. That's a uh, that's a home run. They've uh, as soon as you acknowledge that and normalize it, and you've got them comfortable, um, <clears throat> you got to know which direction to launch from there. Well, there's a few different directions we could go. Um, I, I think about uh, buying power. That's one of my power phrases. I love that buying power. It sounds so good. Say awesome. So really, uh, a, a big piece of understanding your buying power is knowing where you're going to be in the market with the house that you're selling, so I can uh, have you best prepared uh, to buy the uh, to buy your next home. Um, then I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, setting the appointment to come out and figure out um, what their house is going to be worth on the market. There is the potential that you could have even more capital capital to work with on the next purchase um, than you're thinking you have. There, there's a there's a power phrase. He said buying power. There's another power phrase that we're starting to use internally, and we're going to start using it more because Don's getting ready to write it down because he's going to forget we had this conversation. A lot of homeowners right now have hidden equity they Ooh. did not realize they have. So if you're looking to upgrade, right, and you have that hidden equity, that's a that's your key to get in the door. There, everywhere across the country, home prices are on the rise and have been for a year, right? So what if they have $80,000 in equity they didn't realize they had? Now they can qualify for a different category of buying. Maybe they're looking in the wrong buying category. Maybe they don't realize it. So it's, you, that's, you have to educate and provide value and not just, don't just be an order taker. You're a professional. Help these people. By helping them, if you ask these questions, you can help them solve their problems. They didn't even know they had this problem. But now you're the hero. If you come and meet with them and say, you know what? I can actually get you $80,000 more for a down payment for your next house. Now you're the hero. Now they can buy their dream home for the same amount of money per month as they were going to buy a, a home they weren't as excited about. And why were they able to do that? Because you were able to solve these, handle these objections and help them solve their problems. They didn't realize they had those problems. But you added value to their life. Ooh, I just wrote a whole script in my head written around hidden equity. Oh, my gosh. You know, how many people's lives have been able to change lately because of helping them find the hidden equity that's in there because of the seller's market that we've been in. Ooh, that's good stuff. And so then, now let me flip it. Let me take, so this is a great question, Jacob. It's getting the, the brain turning, so I appreciate mm. it. So um, we just created a whole other script off of that. So if you guys want that, reach I out. I think Matt Smith owes you a t-shirt, bro. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so then second, so their real objection is they want to find a home first. It's hard to find a home in today's market. Right? It is. It just is. So we have to sympathize with that, but we also have to tell them, so we have a buyer advantage program, a VIP buyer program, whatever you want to call it, right? What does that do? Well, we as a high performing real estate team list more homes than anybody else in the area. So we will give you exclusive first access to these homes coming on the market. And did you realize, I don't know in your state, check with your state laws, in the state of Missouri, you can actually do seller, seller after closing possession meaning you can rent your home from the new owner for however time period you set until you find a new one. Do you realize you have that option? It may not work for everybody, but a lot of people don't realize they can do that. Again, it's educating them on they do have options. They're not actually stuck like they think they're stuck, right? So then you talk about the buyer advantage program and we list more homes than anybody in the area. So with this buyer advantage program, you'll be the first to know about these properties coming on the market, but let's meet so that I can see what you're looking for in your new home. Because their focus right now isn't on selling. Their focus is on buying. Mm -hmm. So if you try to talk to them about how you can get their home, sell their home for more money, blah, 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 that's not going to speak to everybody at this point. Their true objection here, I'm assuming, 
because again, this is a, a role play, but if it was a real conversation, I would dig deep enough to figure out that I, I believe their true objection is they need to find a home. So me talking about selling the home is irrelevant. They don't care. They're focused. They have tunnel vision on finding a new home. So let's let's get build that rapport face to face by finding out what it is they're looking at in a new home. If you guys don't have a dream home form for your agents that you send with clients, you need one. It's it's perceived value and it helps you understand what they're looking for and it helps them put what's in their mind on paper for you to be a better agent for them. And the best way to get them to fill out a dream home form is to fill it out for them with them. There's nothing will help you in that process better than them articulating directly to you what it is they're looking for. That, that's a side note there, but that's a, um, that's, fan, that's a fantastic position to be in. So we're asking for the scripts. Um, yeah, I can sh I'll, I'll give them to you if you reach out to me privately. Um, I'm uh, Guys, I apologize. I'm working on a platform that we can share all these in with everybody and actually spread this to more people than just our network. Um, so I'm working on a platform, hoping to have that finalized this week. We'll have all the recordings, any files uh, attached to it, all that. Um, but in the meantime, just reach out to me privately. Facebook Messenger is probably the best, and I'll get you whatever, whatever it is, as long as I have it. Um, so Deborah says, how do you first approach them? Uh, Deborah, I need a little more information from you there. I'm not sure I understand. Unless Don can answer that. Well, He's a better mind reader than me. I don't, well, so are we talking about specifically the open of the conversation when they first answer? Um, that's, that's what I'm thinking that question is probably geared towards. Okay, let's go go with that. Okay. Um, so in my case, I'm, uh, you know, leverage what you can. Um, I can really speak to, to my case uh, for myself. I'm certainly not going to dazzle them with my good looks, which is why we're on the phone instead of video chat. Um, <laughs> but I got a great big friendly personality. Um, and I will spend just a second on that. When I dial, I like to be on my feet. And we always talk about smile and dial. If you don't think that comes across on the phone, you are incorrect. Let me correct you because it does. Mindset is everything when prospecting. So when I open that up, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to smile. And then when they answer the phone, I'm going to say, Hey, Deborah, it's Don Boardwell with the Matt Smith Real Estate Group. How are you today? So I did a couple of things. One, I, when I rolled into that, I rolled right into it. I didn't ask, hey, is this Deborah? I'm going to assume that my number was correct and, um, and the person that I had associated with was correct. I'm going to roll right into that. Um, I'm going to be friendly and big and boisterous going into that and let them know, even though they're a little weary because they didn't recognize the number when they picked up the phone or when they called me back, uh, that I am super friendly and I'm not going to steal their lunch. So you're not going to steal their lunch? I'm not going to steal their lunch. Okay. Um, well, that's good to know. Unless it fits into my macros this week, in which case I might. But, so, uh, uh, Don, Don uh, was saying, talking different things, and it, it, it brought up, uh, it sparked something in my brain. So, I talked about this last week, but I didn't actually show you the visual. Um, so, I need to find a digital copy of this because this is the only copy I have. But this yeah. is how people receive communication 55% of it is visual, body language. 38% is tonality, so how you say it, smile and dial, and only 7% is actually what you say. So why is that important? Number one, you lose 55% over the phone immediately. Gone. I can't see you. Why is it important to get face-to-face? -face? Because you can use body language. People receive communication better that way. But if you don't smile and dial, if you don't get in the right mindset, you're also going to lose 38% of it. You notice Don and I today, we don't just, we're not Ben Stein in it. We're not just talking all monotone. 
because we get excited about it. We get passionate about it. We actually like helping people. Yeah. You have got to match whoever it is you're talking to on the phone because that resonates with people. When it's something you're excited about, you got to be excited. When it's something that you're apologizing, you've got to apologize, right? Do you see the difference? It makes a big difference on how people receive communication. So make sure, um, I'll, I'll try to find a copy of this, but it's, I, I pulled this out. You can see all the pinholes in it because I use this all the time um, because it's, it's so important people understand that. And your, your energy when you open up, uh, Deborah, getting back to your question, uh, your energy, I, I can do a few things there. I can be energizing uh, or I can be disarming. Depends yep. on, on how you answered. Are you, a, a, are you a high I personality and you're boisterous and inquisitive when you answered? Are you a high D personality, which means you're Matt Smith? And you probably don't want to be bothered on the phone. Jab point. <clears throat> and if you're ID, that we need to, um, we, we may need to disarm that person. So, um, so take a step past that. So energy, uh, when you open with folks, when you first make contact to me, energy is everything. Um, roll the punches a little bit. Be cognizant of how they answer, um, what you got out of the first part of the conversation, out of their, the way they answered. That's going to tell you a little bit about how you're going to deal with them. But the other answer is, script. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. Um, you don't need to have the coolest masterful open that you spent nights and nights and nights sleepless coming up with on your own. That's going to be the perfect thing. Gosh, use your script. I'm going to look at my script. Almost always my script is probably going to start with location. Uh, as soon as I greet him, I'm going to say, hi, Deborah, Don Borbo of the Matt Smith Real Estate Group. How are you today? And you're going to say, uh, I'm okay. What can I do for you? Awesome. Hey, I don't want to take your whole day up. I just noticed that you had clicked on our uh, on our Facebook ad for 123 Main Street, and I'm going to go into my script. So how do I open with them? I'm going to take them straight to the script and start right there. Um, and almost every situation, you can't go wrong if you just follow the script. Yep. So, and Don, let me ask you this question. we got sure. to wrap up here. So is it, what's more important, the script or how the conversation goes? Well, how the conversation goes, absolutely. So, I, I just want to make that point before we end here. Yeah, you bet. So the script is a couple of things. One, it has necessary information, most of which we need to be able to help the client. And again, at the end, that's what I want to do. I want to help. I want to add value to their life. Um, uh, but two, it's also a little bit of a roadmap or it's a safety net. Um, uh, particularly when, when agents are a little new in scripting, they get out on the floor, you get on the phone with somebody and somebody throws them a curve and they say, Oh no, I, I, I wasn't looking for a property. I was looking for reindeer food or something like that. And they lock up and they go, Oh, oh my gosh, I, I don't have any idea of what to say. Um, worst case scenario, if all else fails, know that you got a safety net, you can fall back to the script. Um, and that's what it's for. But what's really, really important is the real, uh, the relationship. Yep. Um, where what, all the stuff that happens filling in the bones between those script questions, that's where the gold is. That's so where you a, show value. a perfect conversation is a mixture of you're building a relationship, you're building rapport, you're building trust, and you're also getting the valuable information from the script that you need so you can actually provide value. But if you had to pick one, if you had to be script but no relationship or relationship and no script, relationship will win every time, every single time. So spend more time being able, that's why we talked about handling objections, right? It's, there is no one size fits all because it depends on what they said, but how you react to their objection is everything. I want to throw one thing in before we wind up. How close are we on time? We're, we're done, but. 
Okay, so uh, last parting thought. Let me go worst case scenario. They've thrown up three objections that you just simply couldn't overcome. They're just that hard-headed. Don't leave any open loops. The one thing I don't want to do, no matter what, is get off the phone and say, okay, well, thanks for taking my phone call today and hang up, right? One thing I'm going to do is say, hey, um, uh, hey, awesome. I understand all that. Thanks so much for taking the time to visit with me. Tell you what I'm going to do. Um, I think I'll, I would like to just follow up with you in about three months and see if your situation has changed and just see if there's anything I can do to help you uh, at that time. Sound good? I'm going to get their permission for that. No, I'm, I'm going to assume permission. Okay. I'm going to tell them I'm going to because I'm not going to give them an opportunity to say no. Sure. Um, and along with that, if I said 90 days, that means I'm creating myself a to-do uh, in my CRM for 45 days, right? We cut it in half. You bet. And if I said, hey, I'll just touch base with you next month, that means in two weeks, I've got a to-do to give them a call. Yep. No open loops. Close that loop. So you've already, now you have an open door. Hey, we talked We talked two weeks ago and you, um, I told you I'd give you a call back. So here I am. How are things going for you? Right? Now, it's, if you keep good notes in your CRM, that's a different conversation. Why does this Don guy keep calling me? Mm-hmm. You're building a relationship, right? You're building that trust and that rapport because people think real estate agents make too much money. They don't do enough work. And all they do is show houses and open doors. You've got to show them that value. What more? What more can you do? Don, you got a few more minutes? So she specifically asked um, for, a fizz, for a FISBO, how could you get in to meet them? Um, so add value. Show value. How, how do you do that, Don? Uh, so, uh, well, as of today, I'm going to start talking about the hidden equity in their home. Um, but the, there, there's a few different things. Uh, a fantastic question. And gosh, we could, uh, we could do a 90-minute training on that uh, specifically alone, and we do pretty regularly. Um, so that's going to be guided by my conversation with them. So I've got a few leading questions. wish I had my FISBO script up here. Um, uh, Stand by. Uh, in that, I'm going to say, uh, there's a few questions I'm going to ask. I'm going to say, um, did you have your house listed before? Uh, if it was or it wasn't, either way, I'm going to ask them, hey, did, um, so have you had any showings? Um, yes, maybe they did. Yes, maybe they didn't. And then I'm going to ask the questions, why do you think your home hasn't sold yet? And what? So if- let, me, let me back up. So okay. the very first thing I'm going to ask them is I'm going to call out the elephant. Hey, I noticed that you had your home listed for sale. They do. They have it FISBO, right? And I was just curious, what are you asking for your home? I haven't introduced myself. I haven't done nothing. I could be an interested buyer. I haven't done anything unethical or anything. But as soon as I say, hey, this is Matt Smith, Matt Smith Real Estate Group. I noticed you had your home for sale by owner. I was just curious, could I list that for you? That doesn't work, right? Because you're a salesperson. You're not helping them. But if you get them talking, hey, I noticed you had your home listed for sale. Um, I was just curious, what are you asking for your home? Please. You already know, you see it, but it doesn't matter. You're giving them a chance to talk, right? Disclaimer, please obey your state laws on yes. identifying yourself as a licensed realtor. Oh, we will before the conversation's over, there but you, you don't have to start by it. Sure. And then you ask them, how long has it been on the market? What are pain points of a FISBO most of the time? They're showing non-qualified buyers, no showings, or they're tired of people walking through their house and there's no follow-up, right? FISBOs don't work even in this market. They just don't. Most of them are leaving money on the table. They don't even realize this hidden equity, right? So it's our responsibility to get past their objections or their perception of what we do for them to actually show them the value. So the best way to do that is help them self-discover. So how do we let them self-discover? What is the price? How long has it been on the market? Oh, it's been on the market about three months. Oh, really? How How many qualified buyers have you shown? 
Qualified? That's a power word. What's that mean? Mm. I didn't know you. What's an unqualified buyer? They don't know, right? Now, if they say, "Oh, well, we've had we've we've had a lot of showings." Oh, really? How many have you had in the last week? Oh, we had one. Oh, was that buyer qualified? I'm digging deeper because they didn't hit on that, right? They don't know what a qualified buyer is most of the time. Well, he said he's going to go talk to his bank. Oh, how long ago was that? Have you heard from him? You're digging for pain, right? So then. Um, do you have any offers on your home? You plan to stay on the area? I'm just going through our script here on different questions we have. Yep. Don, you have any? I do. So, um, so f for me in that situation when I'm calling uh, Fizbo's, um, uh, typically speaking, that conversation getting into their door is going to go one of two directions, um, and and which one of these is going to be determined by the, some of those questions and the conversation that we were just talking about there. But I'm going to go one of two ways. One, I'm going to go, um, uh, you know, we have a lot of pre-qualified buyers right now that are what we call uh, hot A buyers, uh, which is a real estate term for uh, pre-qualified, ready, willing, and able buyers that we can't find houses for. What I'd really like to do is I'd like to come out, do a quick walkthrough on your home and see if your home would make sense for any of them. Um, I've, I've got an opening Tuesday at one o'clock if that would work for you. Oh no, would five o'clock work better? Um, let me, I can move a couple. Let things. me interrupt there. So okay. what I do, depending on how the conversation goes. So a lot of FISBOs are like, oh, I'm not listing my home, right? If they're one of those people that you aren't open to working with an agent and you can tell that very early on in the conversation, which happens, I will handle their objection before it's an objection. So Don said, we have a lot of ready, willing, able buyers. I want to come out and see if it works for any of our buyers. And before I stop there, I continue and don't let them interrupt because a lot of times they'll, they'll say, oh, well, realtors have done that before. And well, you just send your buyers to me or whatever. Right. But so before they can do that, I do a run on sentence and I keep going. I don't want to overpromise, though. I'm not telling you that we have a buyer that's perfect for your home. What I do, what I am telling you is that we sell more houses than anyone in our area. And we have a ton of pre-qualified buyers right now that cannot find the home that they're looking for. And I want, I would be doing a disservice to them and to you if I didn't come out and look at your home to see if it would work for one of my clients. How does tomorrow at two o'clock work? Now you're in the door, you're face to face. What was the stat that I just told you earlier? Roughly 80% of clients meet with a, work with the first agent they meet in person. And what approach did you take? Did you lie to them? And did you do the sleazy real estate thing and say you have a buyer for their home? No. You handled that objection before it was an objection. You actually added value to them. Now, once you're in the door, it's a different conversation. Walk through the home, see if it works. Bring your presentation with you. Show them the value if they decide to list, right? Here's what we can do for you. Dig in more on the pain. What is their pain? They haven't had showings. They've had too many showings with unqualified people. They're tired of doing it all themselves. They don't know how to do the paperwork. What is their pain, right? What is their pleasure? Maybe, they, they're, maybe they're urgent to get out of this home to move to their kids. Maybe their kids had to they have a grandkid somewhere. They need to move a different state. What is their pain or pleasure, right? Now you tie to that to that presentation, add value, stack, 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 stack. Now you got the listing. Okay, so and right now that's probably the predominant one. Um, or if you're in a position where you don't have a whole bunch of pre-qualified buyers, maybe you're not a, a big real estate team that's got a bunch of A buyers. The other thing you can say is, hey, I, I'm on the phone with buyers every day, with pre-qualified buyers every day. Um, and, and of course there's an inventory shortage. I'd like really like to come out and take a look at your home um, and see if there's a buyer out there that would uh, that your home would be perfect for. So I haven't lied. I'm not really misleading. I'm talking to buyers every day, and that's true. 
Uh, if you're not, we need to talk about lead generation for you. Um, so the other primary way in my conversations is, and, it, and again, they, it depends on if they start talking a whole lot about price, about sales points, oh, I, my, my payoff is so high, I don't think I can pay a realtor, then I'm going to ask some questions about how did you come up with the price? And then I, I put on my thinking cap. Somehow or other through the phone, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, to uh, show some body language that says, hmm, that's very interesting. I'll tell you what I would like to do. It's absolutely free. I would really like to come do a quick walkthrough on your house. Let me do a comparative market analysis for you. You might have your house underpriced. And as crazy as that sounds, that might be why it's not selling. Um, but I'll, I'll do this for you. And I do it for, uh, for sale by owner clients all the time. Um, and let me just verify your price. You, there might be hidden equity in there. How'd you like that? And what, what else could you bring with you on that appointment that could be a, a perceived value as well? Well, well gosh, um, uh, pre-qualified buyers would be one thing, but what are you thinking? So we, we have a home prep guide mm. that you could plug and play, leave it on the kitchen table, have it all logoed and branded to yourself. You know what? I just want to help you, Mr. Or Mrs. Seller. And so even if this doesn't work out, we can't make the CMA work. I just wanted to leave this to you because these are the proven, proven strategies that help us sell our more homes than anybody else in the area for top dollar. And so I just wanted to leave this as my gift to you. It's just a quick checklist of things that, I mean, everybody knows, but it's just put together in a pretty little checklist, like open your windows, clean the home, make sure there's no pet smell, all that good stuff, right? But that's value to that person because just because we're in the field every day and we know this stuff, they may not. You bet. Okay. What else you want to cover? I, know I think that's it. We're way over yep, on time. We're over on time. Thank you. Would guys. you leave the CMA or keep it for them to contact you again? So we don't we don't do the CMA until we see the home, Deborah. So we don't necessarily hold it hostage, but our way in the door and our market may your market may be different than ours. We're in a pretty small market despite our numbers. And so um, every home is different. Just because the home next door sold for two fifty, the home next door to it could sell for three fifty. And so we like to see it, feel it, touch it is what we say. We want, we, we cannot value your home. We're not Zillow. They're wrong anyway. So we, you know, assessment just doesn't work. So what we want to do is we, we want to come in and see it in person because it matters. Real estate always has been, and always will be a local real estate market in our opinion. And we want to give you a true value. It doesn't cost you anything, but it's, it all costs is our time to come out and look at the home. We'll look at it. Then we'll do a CMA and we'll set a follow-up appointment. Preferably in person, um, but over Zoom, whatever, um, that we can keep stacking that value. Just getting ready to say, if you're if you're in a market or you're a situation where you have enough time to personally deliver that CMA, yep. bring it back to them. It's going to be branded. It's got your contact information on it. But hopefully there you're going to be working on a listing agreement. I absolutely want to swing back by and deliver that in person. Uh, in our case, uh, we're doing so much volume with a limited number of listing agents right now. Um, we can't always I think that was that. his way of saying I'm overworking people. Uh, I think it was her way of saying I need a couple more listing agents but, <laughs> um, to gain some more market share. But um, uh, we're, when we do deliver it, I'm going to have a process and follow your process every time. You owe that to yourself. I'm going to send a text message to say, um, hey, I've, I've, I've got your CMA prepared. What's a good time? I can send it to you and then we can jump on the phone or jump on Zoom and go over it. And they'll say, and they're, they're wanting to see it. We're not really holding it hostage. I'm just getting a guaranteed delivery time. Oh, you know why that's important? You know how many listing presentations I've been to where the seller brings out a CMA from another agent that looks like garbage. It's a pre-filled. It's got 80 properties on it. And they said, oh, well, they told me they could list for this. You know what I do when I'm at the table and they show me that? 
I pick that thing apart. I'm the professional. Why would they put that on there? Your house is way nicer than that one. We can get you way more money than that. That's not even a call. Nope. Does that make sense? So you don't hold it hostage, but at the same time, value unarticulated is value unappreciated. How can you articulate the value that CMA is if you just hand it to them or if you just email it? You can't. Remember this chart? If you send them a nice little email, I don't care if you spend two hours writing it, only 7% of your communication is going to get, a part to, get through to them. You cannot articulate the value of that CMA and how you came up with those numbers and how it's going to work for them on their particular pain points via email. It just ain't going to work. Hope that helps. All right, guys, we're going over. I want to respect your time. Appreciate you guys staying late. Appreciate you attending, um, and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of All or Nothing in Real Estate. If you found anything this valuable, please share this with your friends. All or Nothing in Real Estate is a passion project of mine. This business has done so much for me and my family, and this is my way to give back. I'm also a real estate coach with Cheplak Select Coaching. So if you are interested in having a coaching consultation with me, please check out the link below. All or Nothing in Real Estate is not just a podcast. It is a movement. It is a community of contribution that is single-handedly designed to help change the real estate community in a positive way. So make sure you're following us on all social, social platforms and subscribe to us on YouTube. Most importantly, make sure you've requested to join All or Nothing in Real Estate's private Facebook group. That is a private group that we keep in exclusive content and we do it in a private setting to make sure it remains a community of contribution. There's a lot of great in-depth content there for free. So please make sure you join that group as well. And again, thank you guys so much for listening. If you found this of value, please share this with your friends. It is my goal to give back and contribute to make this industry better for all of us. Thanks again.